Close Horse is brought to you with support from the following sustainable brands. Selena Sanders, a social impact brand that specializes in upcycle clothing using only reclaimed vintage or thrifted materials from tea towels, linens, blankets, and quilts. Sustainably crafted in Los Angeles, each piece is designed to last in one's closet for generations to come. Maximum style, minimal carbon footprint. Shift clothing out of beautiful Astoria, Oregon, with a focus on natural fibers, simple hardworking designs, and putting fat people first. Discover more at shiftwheeler.com. Late to the party, creating one-of-a-kind statement clothing from vintage, salvaged, and thrifted textiles. They hope to tap into the dreamy memories we all hold. Floral curtains, a childhood dress, the wallpaper in your best friend's rec room all while creating modern, sustainable garments that you'll love wearing and have for years to come. Late to the Party is passionate about celebrating and preserving textiles, the memories they hold, and the stories they have yet to tell. Check them out on Instagram at Late to the Party People. Vino Vintage, based just outside of LA. We love the hunt of shopping secondhand because you never know what you might find. Catch us at flea markets around Southern California by following us on Instagram at vino.vintage so you don't miss our next event. Gabriella Antonis is a visual artist and an ethical trade fashion designer. But Gabriella is also a radical feminist micro-business. She's the one-woman band trying to help you understand why slow fashion is what the earth needs. The one-woman band to help you build your own brand. She can take your fashion line from just a concept and do your sketches, pattern making, grading, sourcing, cutting, and sewing. The second option is for those who aren't trying to start a business and who just want ethical garments. Gabriella Antonis will create custom made-to-measure garments just for you. Her goal is to help help one person of any size at a time, including beyond size 40. To inquire about this serendipitous intersectional offering of either concept, DM her on Instagram to book a consultation. Please follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Gabriella Antonis. And that's Gabriella with one L. Gotta get that spelling right. Dylan Page is an online clothing and lifestyle brand based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Our products are chosen with intention for the conscious community. Everything we carry is animal-friendly, ethically made, sustainably sourced, and cruelty-free. Dylan Page is for those who never stop questioning where something comes from. We know that personal experience dictates what's sustainable for you, and we are here to help guide and support you to make choices that fit your needs. Check us out at dylanpage.com and find us on Instagram at dylanpagelifeandstyle. Salt Hats, purveyors of truly sustainable hats, hand-blocked, sewn, and embellished in Detroit, Michigan. Find us on Instagram at Salt Hats. Karen Kinney Studio. Located in western Massachusetts, Karen specializes in handcrafted earrings from found, upcycled, and repurposed fabrics, as well as other eco-friendly curios, all with a hint of nostalgia, a dollop of whimsy, a dash of color, and 100% fun. Karen is an artist slash designer who believes the materials we use matter. See more on Instagram at Karen Kinney Studio or online at www.cKinney.com. Gentle Vibes Vintage. 
We are purveyors of polyester and psychedelic relics. We encourage experimentation and play not only in your wardrobe, but in your home too. We have thousands of killer vintage pieces ready for their next adventure. See them all on Instagram at Gentle Vibes Vintage. Thumbprint is Detroit's only fair trade marketplace located in the historic Eastern Market. Our small business specializes in products handmade by empowered women in South Africa, making a living wage, creating things they love like hand-painted candles and ceramics. We also carry a curated assortment of sustainable and natural locally made goods. Thumbprint is a great gift destination for both the special people in your life and for yourself. Browse our online store at thumbprintdetroit.com and find us on Instagram at Thumbprint Detroit. Blank Cass, or Blanket Coats by Cass, is focused on restoring, renewing, and reviving the history held within vintage and heirloom textiles. By embodying the love, craft, and energy that is original to each vintage textile as I transfer it into a new garment, I hope we can reteach ourselves to care for and mend what we have and make it last. Blank Cass lives on Instagram at blank underscore Cass, and a website will be launched soon at blankcass.com. Located in Whistler, Canada, Velvet Underground is a velvet jungle full of vintage and secondhand clothing, plants, a vegan cafe, and lots of rad products from other small sustainable businesses. Our mission is to create a brand and community dedicated to promoting self-expression, as well as educating and inspiring a more sustainable and conscious lifestyle, both for the people and the planet. Find us on Instagram at shop underscore velvet underground or online at www.shopvelvetunderground.com. St. Evans is a New York City-based vintage shop that is dedicated to bringing you those special pieces you'll reach for again and again. More than just a store, St. Evans is dedicated to sharing the stories and history behind the garments. 10% of all sales are donated to a different charitable organization each month. For the month of October, St. Evans is supporting Feed the Streets LA, a community-based mutual aid organization that collects donated food, hygiene products, clothing, and educational items for face-to-face distribution. New Vintage is released every Thursday at wearstevens.com with previews of new pieces and more brought to you on Instagram at where underscore st dot evans. That's where St. Evans. Country Feedback is a mom-and-pop record shop in Tarboro, North Carolina. They specialize in used rock, country, and soul, and offer affordable vintage clothing and housewares. Do you have used records you want to sell? Country Feedback wants to buy them. Find us on Instagram at Country Feedback Vintage and Vinyl, or head down east and visit our brick and mortar. All are welcome at this inclusive and family-friendly record shop in the country. Republica Unicornia Yarns, handmade yarn and notions for the color obsessed, made with love and some swearing in fabulous Atlanta, Georgia by head yarn wench Kathleen. Get ready for rainbows with a side of giving a damn. Republica Unicornia is all about making your own magic using small batch, responsibly sourced, hand dyed yarns and thoughtfully made notions. 
slow fashion all the way down and discover the joy of creating your very own beautiful hand-knit, crocheted, or woven pieces. Find us on Instagram at republica underscore unicornia underscore yarns and at www.republicaunicornia.com. Picnicwear, a slow fashion brand ethically made by hand from vintage and dead stock materials, most notably vintage towels. Founder Danny has worked in the industry as a fashion designer for over 10 years, but started Picnicwear in response to her dissatisfaction with the industry's shortcomings. Picnicwear recently moved to rural North Carolina, where all their sewing and accessories are now designed and cut, but the majority of their sewing is done by skilled garment workers in New York City. Their customers take comfort in knowing that all their sewists are paid well above New York City minimum wage. Picnicwear offers minimal waste and maximum authenticity. Future vintage over future garbage. Welcome to Clothes Horse, the podcast that totally goes Christmas shopping at yard sales in July. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Danny. That's right. Danny's joining us today. This is episode 104, and Woo. I'm excited to have Danny here. We're going to be talking about all things related to better, more fun, more sustainable, and ethical gifting. Gifting that is actually good and doesn't make you sad when you think about it too hard. Danny. Why don't you remind everyone of who you are? Hi, I'm Danny. I'm founder and designer of the brand Picnicwear. I've been on here a few times, but a long time ago, starting with episode 18, 19, 20. Oh. Um, I know, long time ago, um, where I talked about my experience as a sweater designer working for large retail brands, aka fast fashion brands. And we also started, we talked about the very beginning stages of my brand picnic wear, which is crazy. It just goes to show how long ago that was because it was like when things were just beginning. Um, you may hear my ad at the beginning of Clothes Horse. Picnicwear is a slow fashion brand, ethically made by hand from vintage and dead stock materials, most notably towels, vintage towels. Um, I just moved from New York to rural North Carolina, and Picnicwear's clothing and accessories are made partially here, but still mostly sewn in New York by skilled sewists who we pay a living wage to. So that's my little elevator pitch about myself. <laughs> That's amazing. And I mean, when I, for the first time I talked to you, you were sewing all this stuff. I know. You know yeah. This is a really big deal. It's been exciting to see you grow. And uh, you. I, I felt that Danny was the best person I could think of to have this conversation with. We're really passionate oh. about small business, about thoughtful gifting. We love giving gifts. We love mm -hmm. thinking about gifts. So we are going to have fun today. We sure are. I'm psyched. So I was telling Danny before we started recording that I learned something new as I was working on this episode that I did not know before. And I'm shocked that I didn't know before, not because I think of myself as a know-it-all, <laughs> but because I've been working as a buyer for so long. Because you are a know-a-lot. I'm a know-a-lot. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hashtag know-a-lot. So 
<laughs> we tend to think of the final few months of the year, what in business we call the fourth quarter or Q4. I bet that's giving you some flashbacks right there, Danny. Oh, yeah. The term Q4. Mm-hmm. We tend to think of that as the biggest shopping and spending time of the year. I know as a buyer, I totally thought about that. We would talk about it all the time. We got to get hyped up for holiday. We got to fill the stores. There's a saying we used to use called stack them high and watch them fly, meaning put a ton of shit in the stores and people will buy it. I've never heard that. But really? Intense. <laughs> I mean, it's really intense. It totally makes sense, right? <laughs> uh, especially the one company that we both worked for that definitely was their strategy. Oh, yeah. Just stack them high and watch them fly. For and sure. as a buyer, you spent all year planning for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and just holiday shopping as a whole, followed by that big post-holiday clearance sale. We all know on the 26th of December, that's where the deals really come out of the woodwork, right? Doorbusters Door is the busters. one I, I remember. That term creeps me out so much. It makes me think it. of a sample sale I went to at one of my employers. And it was in this room that had these big wooden, like vintage carved doors. You've totally been in this room before, Danny. And uh-huh. Her. Yes, I have. And it was like they opened the doors to let people start going in. And I don't pe- – I got pushed against the door and I was stuck there and I got a splinter in my arm. And that's what I think of when oh I think of doorbusters. I only went to one sample sale and there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm that like, company. not my thing. Mm-mm. You would see all these people you've never seen before who are ostensibly your coworkers behaving monstrously. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really it's scary. Very scary. Yeah. So I, I always think of that when I think of doorbusters. Yeah. It's just people getting physically harmed and traumatized all in the name <laughs> of deals. Um, yeah. But, you know, we have that big sale after Christmas because it paves the way for lower inventory levels in January. Basically, every retailer wants to have the least amount of stuff in their inventory in January as they finish out their fiscal year. Um, most retailers, their fiscal year runs from February through January, not January through December like we think of it. Mm-hmm. And so February 1st is the first day of the fiscal year. The last day is the next January. And uh, they want to have the least amount of product left to carry over into the next year. Also, a lot of companies do inventory in January, so they finally know what they really have, what they lost, you know, what was counted incorrectly, that kind of stuff, so that they can start their new fiscal year with, you know, th- the cleanest books they can have. So this these are like rituals that we carry out year after year after year in retail, in buying. We as customers have lived – We all know about Black Friday. We all know you got to get the cot deals. You got to wait until after Christmas. We know this stuff, right? There are all these like really smart business reasons why they exist, right? Guess what I learned? (laughs) Customers don't actually spend more money during the holiday season than the rest of the year. What? I I can't. (laughs) I know. I know. I I mean – like I've always heard like, you know, Black Friday is when retailers go into the black, meaning they're making a profit. And there definitely was a time. We've always thought that like the holiday season is the make or break for most retailers. And I will tell you, there are still retailers where that is the case. But only about 28% of total consumer spending happens in that fourth quarter of the year. And if you hate fractions, which lots of people do, mm-hmm. a quarter, aka one-fourth, is 25% of the year. So doing 28% of sales in 25% of the year, it's not really that crazy. No. It make, yeah. It's, it wasn't always this way. If we traveled back in time to the 70s or 80s, there was 
a lot more shopping happening during the holiday season. But these days, if you're a company who relies on doing all your sales in that final quarter of the year, you've probably either gone out of business or you're getting pretty close to it. (laughs) Wait, so it's not just because like all the deals, deals, deals in the last quarter of the year make it so that it like, you know what I mean? Like are people buying more, but they're spending less on each item? I'd be interested in that. Well, people are still buying way too much stuff, way more than they need. We know this. We know this. The problem, I mean, the other problem, I guess, is that we've all actually been spending lots of money, way more than we should be mm-hmm. all year long, from toothpaste to cat food to new clothes to electronics to throw pillows, all of the things that people just buy constantly aren't and aren't really thinking about it because they're not doing it collectively like we don't have this holiday in March where all of us go out and buy toothpaste and throw pillows <laughs> but if we did we would be more conscious of it being this big consumer moment yet plenty of people are going out and buying toothpaste and pillows in March right the thing is at the end of the year we're all thinking about gift shopping we're thinking about what we're going to buy for people. We're asking them what they want. Everyone's talking about it, right? We're doing white elephant in the office. I'll tell you this. My experience working retail was that most people were just buying stuff for themselves until like the second week of December. 100%. I mean, I can even, I know, I can interesting? even speak for myself with that. Like not anymore, but definitely before I started trying to be a little bit more like thoughtful with my consumption – Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. It wasn't until like the last minute that I was like, oh, shoot, like I've been purchasing a lot of things for myself and I probably should get some gifts now, you know? (laughs) Totally, totally. I mean, I – we're going to give you advice and a lot over and over again in this episode that starts with start early. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll tell you, I have always been that person who really likes to compress it all into the last week before Christmas. I have this whole fantasy that no longer exists. I've never been able to actualize that in the past few years where I have this whole day where I go downtown and I'm drinking a cocoa and I'm just shopping and I feel really festive. I have not been able to do that in years. It never works out that way. If you wait until the last minute, even before this year, uh, there's nothing left, and it's really stressful, and you feel miserable, yeah, right? For sure. Uh, but definitely, that has been the mindset for a lot of people throughout the years. Um, we we think of this time of year as shopping time, but like I said, we've been spending money all the time throughout the year, especially in the last ten or so years, because e-commerce has made constant shopping a way of life. Even though, in a weird way it's like it doesn't really feel like shopping to us and so we're not thinking of it as shopping mm-hmm. but we're buying stuff all the time yeah. whereas before we might have said okay i'm going to take saturday and go run all these errands and pick up all these things that i need now we're like just adding it to your you know, cart all week long kind of thing right doing it in bed you mm-hmm. know like it, it, on the bus whatever and so We're shopping all the time. And we've been shopping even more for things we don't need throughout the year because retailers have been giving us this steady flow of deals, deals, deals. So yes, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, like these are the headline shopping holidays at this time of year. But you have to remember like Amazon Prime Day is in like what, July or something like that? And every other retailer has jumped on July being a time where you do Black Friday style sales Mm. too. 
I remember getting a ton of emails this year from like, you know, Target or I mean, even other retailers might be not be calling it out as like a shopping holiday, but they're engaging in it. And there's just right. And there's just more and more of it. And I actually would find at some of my jobs, the real money was coming in January when we were having all those clearances. Mm, Yeah. So it's 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 so much more complicated. I think, yes, we all have gifting on our minds, but even the nature of holiday shopping has changed so much with like it being so much less in person, even thinking about how like, for example, Toys R Us, right? Literally went out of business because people were buying toys online. I mean, they also were spending too much money on real estate. That's a whole other thing. But like people just are like, I am just going to, I want this to be as convenient as possible. It's almost like gifting has become this obligation, this thing you have to do. How can I, is there an app for that? You know what I mean? Like that's how people are looking at it. So we have got gifts on our mind, even though we give gifts year round. So Danny and I thought this would be a great time to talk about better gifting, which I'm calling slow gifting. It's not the most most best name, I'll say that, but I couldn't come up with anything else. I like else. it. I'm into it. You like yeah. it? Okay. Okay. Cool. I mean, I was like, it's like slow fashion. And that's why we're talking it. about gifting in October because we're we're starting slow, you know? <laughs> right, right. And I will say I am that person who's like, I can't believe the Christmas trees are out and it's not even <laughs> thanks, you know, it's not even Halloween yet. Like I get angry about it. I like but that. But I also yeah, it's my like angry voice, apparently. I feel like that's also the voice I use whenever I'm telling a story about mansplaining, and the mansplaining happens in that voice. Yeah, well, did you know the water is dihydrogen oxide or whatever? Like, go away. Um, anyway, so yes, we're gonna be talking about gifting today. By the time you hear this episode, it will actually be Halloween Day. Congratulations, everyone. Happy Halloween. Nice. <laughs> Get ready for all other holidays. Yeah. Which in already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't even so, see the night through and we're already talking about Christmas. <laughs> if you're not halfway done with your Christmas shopping by now or Hanukkah shopping or whatever gifting you're doing, you have made a mistake. No, I'm just kidding. But I will tell you, my grandma is one of those people who starts in like July. And I kind That's of better. went through a phase where I would make fun of my grandma for that. And now I'm like, I get it. I see it. Well, it's. I, I think it is really smart because it's like – there's always going to be an occasion or a reason to gift something to someone, whether it's like gift giving season or what have you. So if you like see something special for someone, like get it for them then, because then later when you have that reason to gift something to them, it's like, I have a little stash in my house of like certain things that I'm, that I kind of like, mostly it's like thrifting things that I keep aside Mm -hmm. that makes me think of someone and maybe I don't send it to them immediately. And I'm like saving for a reason, not that there needs to be a reason, but, um, then when that time comes and you're like frantic and you have to get them something, it's like, yes, thank you. Past me, you know? Agreed. I also have become that person who's like, oh, I saw a good greeting card at the thrift store. Yeah. Better get that. (laughs) Me too. That's the best. I love old cards. Me, me too. Me too. Although then they're like twice as hard to send because you're like, but I love this yes. card. Oh, so yes. Good. I feel that. <laughs> so there are a few principles of slow gifting. I'm going to move through them kind of fast. And then Danny and I are just going to start breaking it all down. So the most important part of slow gifting is buying gifts with intention, like actually choosing what the recipient wants 
not just what is available and easy. Like ask the recipient mm-hmm. of this gift what they want and need and get that. Or choose something they don't know they need but that they're going to love and you've yeah. really thought about. Because I I feel like – I mean, I'm going to tell you for some of the companies I've worked for, where we really made a lot of our money at this time of year was selling people stuff that no one wanted. <sighs> Yeah, like gag gifts and stuff. Yeah. I, I think I may have talked about this on the pod before, maybe not, but the specific gag gift that I think of all the time when I get depressed about holiday gifting is Humphrey the Humping Dog. Okay. Which what? was a <laughs> – yeah. Yeah. We sold it at uh, my – the retailer I worked for for the longest, and uh, it – it was like a gag gift, like a robotic dog that like when you squeezed him or something would start humping and howling. And like literally who wants that? What a piece literally. of future garbage for real. Such a piece of future garbage. And we would sell thousands of them every week. People would call on the phone and say, are you out of the humping dog? When are you getting more in? And I was just like, I, if someone gave me this as a Christmas gift, Unless they thrifted it, that'd be a different story. And then I'd be like, wow, you really listen to me when I tell you stories. But if back then someone had given that to me as a gift, I'd be like, wow, you must fucking hate me because you just gave me a thing I'm going to have to throw out and feel bad Ugh, about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I feel like there's such a – I don't know what, what it is, but some people feel like it's – there's – something wrong with giving like asking someone what they want like it's not yes. as like what is it I don't know what it is but it's like it's not as personal like it needs to be a surprise it needs to be something that I don't know what that is but we we need to make that stop happening because like I don't know it just it doesn't it's it's messed up it's like if someone wants something get them what they want if you're gonna get a gift anyways you know totally Totally. For example, when someone has a baby registry, I buy them what they registered for because I know they need those things. They need, you know, diaper changing pads and like, I, you know, the baby monitor or whatever. I don't need to go out and buy them a bunch of baby clothes that the baby's barely going to wear. And like, then they're going to have to go buy these things that they really need. So it's just like doubles the consumption there. And it kind of, it's not very helpful to the people having a baby. So Please, if people are registered, stick to the registry. It's going to be meaningful to them. I promise. They're going to be grateful and glad and think you're a very thoughtful, rad person. And if in general you're just like, I don't know what to get this person, just ask them. It does feel weird. I I think, one, there is this belief that if you shop from a list or a registry that you don't care. And that's not true. And then there's this weird thing. Like, I don't know about you, Danny, but my mom always made me feel – guilty and uncomfortable for knowing what I wanted for Christmas or my birthday or anything else. She would be like, you're materialistic. You're rude. I know. I mean, my family is dysfunctional. But I think other people have similar experiences like that where it's like, you know, we have a hard enough time. Now I'm going off in like some like self-help psychology (laughs) rant, but we have a hard time saying what we want and what we need. And this is just one way in which it manifests itself. Right. You know? (laughs) Agreed. So another thing, you know, we already are saying, okay, we're choosing with intent. We're giving gifts that are meaningful. We're also going to opt for secondhand gifts or items from small brands and makers when we can. Because shopping, like shopping small, shopping secondhand, and most importantly, shopping local has a pretty major impact. Huge, yeah. Huge, huge. I mean, both environmental and economic. You know? Yeah, I think the thing that people have a hard time with is that, or, okay, let me start with this thing that makes okay. 
shopping at like Amazon so easy is that you can kind of shop for a bunch of people all at once, put it all in your cart, get that free shipping done, you know, that makes it really, really easy. But when you're, when you're shopping from like small brands, makers or shopping locally, sometimes that takes a little bit more effort. I mean, it it does take more effort, you know, to have to shop from different places um, and that sort of thing. So I think that's, that's difficult for people, especially since, I feel like people, I, I read this the other day, um, that convenience is not a human right. And I think that a lot of people think that they have the right to convenience, <laughs> no matter. And that it's the most important thing. Yeah. And and I get it. Like, we're all really busy people and there are so many demands placed on us. So it's very tempting to be kind of lured by convenience without thinking about the repercussions or think about thinking about where your money might be better spent. But um, again, let's get, let's back to our original point. This is why we start early because if you're waiting until the last second, then yeah, you kind of have no choice, but to do the really convenient, quick, fast, easy option. Um, So yeah, I, I think that's, that's a big component of that. Totally. And I was I was at the mall recently uh, in Austin, Texas. I was at a mall there um, with Dustin and his sister, Tessa. And we were just like checking out stores there because we were like, we haven't been in a mall in a really long time. You know, like what's happening mm-hmm. here at the mall? And we went to the store called Box Lunch, which is owned by Hot Topic. And it's all like licensed merchandise. It's like, you know, anime and Disney and things like that. And I was like, yeah, the thing about this is there's there's cute stuff in here and like there are a lot of things in here that different people in my life, they, would, they wouldn't they would be mad to get this as a gift. Uh, I don't know how useful it would be for them or what the longevity of it would be in their lives. But there was just something – If I, I turned to Dustin and I was like, this place feels so soulless mm. to me because the things that you buy here – they might make someone happy. They might make someone really excited. But in general, like, what's the impact of buying this thing? Like, does it – I guess it makes box lunch more money. But how does it help people on a personal level? And I just think things that you can buy local or from small makers, small stores, et cetera, are more impactful because, like, box lunch – you know, I, this is like a meme that's been going around on Instagram for a while where it's like, when you buy from a small business, they do a jig or a something happy like dance, that. Yeah. A happy dance, yeah. I like jig. <laughs> <laughs> Happiest dance out yeah. there other than the worm. And so like a box lunch isn't going and being like, wow, I'm so glad that Danny came in here right. and did their Christmas shopping. It really made my day and they're like doing a dance. But like if I bought a cute anime shirt from someone on Etsy, they would. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think that makes the – the power of that gift even stronger and more special. And it's just like a better, happier story. And we're not here to shame you for shopping at the mall or buying from Amazon when you have to, because like real talk, we all have people in our lives who are really resistant yeah. to anything outside of what they specifically want. And we want to give people what they want. Right. But this is a great time to start opening yourself up and the people in your lives up to other options out there. Yeah. For sure. So another one is – and this is not for everyone. This is one where you have a privilege and that privilege is free time. But you can make gifts when you have that time and energy. You can 
reuse materials and packaging for your projects. You can skip that brand new roll of wrapping paper. You can really make even just the act of giving the gift more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also would just urge you to revisit your gift list. Does everyone in your life need a gift? Does everyone in your life want a gift? Do you need a gift from them? Because I feel like the pressure to give a ton of gifts to everyone you know is just a product of consumerism, yeah. you know? Yeah, I've definitely right? narrowed down, like, who gets <laughs> gifts from me for sure over time. Totally. Because it's like, yeah, I, and it a lot of the time it's a conversation. Like, we shouldn't – we probably don't need to do gifts for each other, right? And it's like, yeah, we probably <laughs> – you know, like – and when you can double up gifts too, like that's always helpful. Like if you have a couple, mm-hmm. like if you're able to get something for them, like a joint gift that they can enjoy together, like that's awesome. And, you know, requires less having to, you know, shop around and and hopefully can require a little less money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I had a conversation with my sisters where I was basically like, listen, I know you guys don't have a ton of money. I don't have a ton of money. What if we stopped doing all this gift exchange and we took the money that we already have and spent it on ourselves? I was like, I would much rather see you go take a trip or go have a nice dinner or something than have to buy me and Dustin something. Like just go do something else. And one of my sisters was really excited and relieved and my other sister thinks I'm a monster. But (laughs) some people are very protective of gifts. Listen, there are going to be difficult conversations here for exactly that reason. Yeah. And we don't want to like destroy families with gifting (laughs) strategy here, but I think it's good to start having these conversations. I think sometimes if you talk to someone about like, hey, maybe we skip gifts or we change it up or we draw names or whatever, they might be annoyed with you at first. They might be very loudly annoyed with you at first, but I guarantee it's going to start the wheels turning in their brains and it does lead towards some change down the road. Mm -hmm. For sure. I also just want to say we have to respect others' boundaries about gifts. If someone says no gifts, please just listen to them. Don't give them a gift anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Because it just makes everything awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it's really (laughs) uncomfortable because for – in most cases, if someone says no gifts, like a lot of the time, I mean, there there could be a few reasons why they said that. They just don't like the waste that's generated by getting like all these gifts of – like that's how I feel oftentimes. Um, because it's like, not to be like rude, but like, likely it's not going to be something I like need or want because at the end of the day, anything that I really need, I will get for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. in other cases, it's like, maybe that person doesn't have the means to get you a gift. So to be able to, to be receiving a gift from you when you haven't been able, had the means to get something for that person It can feel really uncomfortable. Absolutely. And nobody needs that. This is supposed to be a fun thing, not a bummer or stressful social intrigue thing. Um, I'm just going to say that I almost never receive any gifts, and that's a function of a few things. I don't get, like, birthday gifts. I don't get Christmas gifts. Um, And I'm okay with it. Like, it feels good, actually, you know, Um, because it's, like, less stuff yeah. that I have to deal my with. My parents don't really do gifts anymore either. Every year, basically, they like give my sister and I air miles that they've... That's a good gift. It's the best gift because it means I can come home and spend time with my family. And that is far superior for any than anything 
physical. And honestly, the fact that I live so far from my family is helpful with that because like I can't really bring home a lot of stuff in my suitcase. That's yeah, that's really cool. And I gotta leave room for all the thrifting I'm gonna do when I'm home, which is a much better gift to me to be able to (laughs) spend that time with my mom thrifting than for her to like buy stuff with me for me. One hundred percent. And like so yeah, for me, not getting gifts is it sounds really sad to some people and they're like, oh my God, like you must feel so like alone and unloved in the world. And I'm like, I actually feel great. <laughs> you know, like Dustin and I exchange gifts. We exchange gifts with Dylan. I s- g- give gifts to my niece. And you know, I'll surprise people with gifts throughout the year when I see something yeah. special that makes me think of them. But it just makes it all so much more special. And I don't know, it saves us a lot of money in a weird yeah. way, which is like – a benefit because, you know, it's good to save money, right? (laughs) Right. So I understand for some people with large families or different kinds of families or families that are really engaged in gift giving on the holidays, this is like a totally different scenario. And I'm not – we're not telling you that you should give up all your gifts and like just eat porridge on Christmas Day or something. (laughs) Like just like starting to revisit that because I guarantee everyone – who's listening to this right now is like, yeah, I did get a bunch of stuff that like is in a, still in a box in a garage or something. Right. So just starting to think about that. So we're going to say this like 100 times, but slow gifting takes time, hence the mm-hmm. term slow, right? So it's so important that you shop early. For one, finding that perfect secondhand gift takes time, whether you're shopping from antique or vintage shops, flea markets, online platforms, thrift stores, I'm personally a big Christmas gift yard sale Mm. shopper, um, which I bought a bunch of stuff at a yard sale like about a month ago. And the person was like, wow, you found a stuff, a lot of stuff that you liked. And I was like, oh, I was on Christmas shopping. And they looked at me like I was the (laughs) saddest, most pitiful person ever. But I can seriously, I can't reveal what these items were because they're gifts, but it was some of the coolest stuff I've seen in a long time. Sounds like you're taking after your grandma. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Anyway. Start early. Like, I'm glad that I was like, yard sale season seems like a good time to do some Christmas shopping. Um, <laughs> I also just like like what Danny was saying earlier, start putting aside the perfect gift when you find it. If you are yeah. an avid secondhand shopper like Danny and I are, uh, you're going to encounter these things like in March. Yeah. You know? When you're, when you're not looking for it. Yeah. You know, that's when they – that's when they present themselves. We all know the rule of thrifting. If you're looking for it, you're not going to find it. Yes. So always be prepared. <laughs> um, and Danny brought this one up to me, which I think is really important. If you're shopping from small makers, artisans, Etsy sellers, what have you, order early, like seriously right now to yeah. ensure on-time delivery and save yourself and the maker a ton of stress. I just want to remind everybody last year – of what a mess the USPS was thanks to, you know, defunding and all kinds of other strategic decisions to basically ruin the post office. But what happened is a lot of small makers and their customers got caught up in that, mm-hmm. you know? And like I would see – I mean, Danny, you and I have talked about small biz memes a lot. Mm-hmm. We would see the craziest, most abusive stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Because – Somehow customers hadn't gotten the memo that the USPS was messed up, which I I don't know where they lived, how they didn't know, uh, but they didn't. And they were being really abusive and terrible to sellers, which is totally messed up. And on top of that, they probably had a really stressful, unfun December because they were worrying so much about these gifts being delivered. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had, I, I was, you know, trying to get ahead of that in, in that people, in the case that some people had not heard the news about the mail. And so when someone ordered for something for me and they made it clear it was a gift, I kind of told them and and sent them a link to an article about the delays saying like, hopefully this doesn't affect you. I just wanted to let you know, like there is a risk. So I gave them a suggestion in the case that it doesn't make it there in time, maybe have a plan to print out a photo of this Cobain sweater you bought for me just in case. <laughs> and the person responded back like, so gnarly, like so <sighs> rude. And I was like, I'm literally sending you just a courtesy message. Like I'm not saying this is going to happen. And lo and behold, they received their package on time. And I was like, okay, regrets. I should have never said anything, <sighs> never have been kind. And <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Really frustrating. I mean, that goes back to something I talked about in the Etsy sodes, which is unfortunately Etsy has been trying to turn it themselves into Amazon. Yeah. And they brought in this a was lot- on Etsy, of course. Of course it was. I knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. And so Etsy has brought in a lot of customers who think Etsy is Amazon, and it's not. And you're getting a lot of people who don't seem to know about the USPS, who are being really abusive, who want what they want when they want it. Anyway, I know nobody listening to that is going to act that way. Um, Let's do a favor to all the small makers in our lives and ourselves by shopping early. Yes. Please. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, can't wait to, I mean, it does give a lot of great content to small biz memes, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got enough forevermore. Like they, totally. they don't need more interactions. Totally. Totally. The next thing is to like have conversation with your friends and family about gifts now. Sometimes these conversations, like I said, are weird at first. So let's get them out of the way especially if you're opting for a no-gift holiday or you want to define boundaries around gifts like nothing over $20 or no Amazon or any of your other values, if you have a list of things you actually need, want, if you want lists of things that other people need, want, uh, if you want to redefine the way you approach gifts in your family, like you pull numbers out of a hat or something like that, this is the time to do it now. Yeah. Or maybe you just want to tell you, recommend to your family that everyone shops local Maybe it's just that, you know, or shops from small businesses or like sends an email with, you know, a bunch of like if you're someone who's kind of frequently, you know, interacting or following small businesses and stuff and have, you know, a kind of a plethora of ideas of where to shop. Like some people, the thought of of shopping small or local is like really daunting. So Mm -hmm. maybe you want to send an email out to your loved ones with like a bunch of ideas of where to shop from, what are good places to go and some ideas flowing because not everyone has listened to this close horse episode where they're getting, you know, gifted all these ideas of how to reinvent gift giving season. So just sum it up in an email. Totally. Can I just tell you what one of the best local gifts that you can give or receive is? It Money. is a no, I'm kidding. well, that too. It is a <laughs> gift certificate to a restaurant, yes. a cafe, to yep. see a movie. Like these are always my and favorite. And that's a great gifts. joint gift as well. Like I was saying, like instead of just getting something for your sister, you could be, you know, wrapping together a gift for your sister and her spouse. And, you know, maybe, you know, they just moved to this new neighborhood and you could do a little research and say like, 
oh, this looks like a really cute restaurant that my sister would love, like get a gift certificate for that. Or maybe it's a place you know that your sister went on her first date or something, you know, like there are ways Mm -hmm. to do it that still feel special because I know a lot of people, you know, they want to get something that feels special and sometimes getting a gift certificate doesn't feel that way, which is... I think is wrong and, and shouldn't be the case, but I get it. Right. Um, so there are ways to approach it that it, that you can kind of make it feel really special. Totally. And I'll just tell you right now, if your family or friends live far away from you, you can most of the time order these gift certificates online or by calling the restaurant. I've I've yeah. done this a lot and because I just like to surprise people with things like that. Um, and more and more businesses, even small ones, have been able to – create these these gift cards without you ever walking into their restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this year, I mean, we said shop early. We said start now. But I have to just – I would be neglecting my duties here as a, as a know-it a lot uh, by <laughs> not telling you that this year it's more important than ever to start early because maybe you've heard about this. Maybe you haven't. There are supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. And I thought – It's a crisis, like a for real crisis. It's a for real crisis. It's, it's really, really bad. And I thought I would explain just briefly how that happened if you're not a supply chain nerd like me. Um, we have to travel back in time though to 2020. Remember? What a what a year, right? Um, yeah, think about that year. <laughs> AKA but I'll do last it for year. you. Yeah. Let's just think about it. So – We have talked a lot here on Close Horse about how a ton of companies, almost all of them, all the retailers, canceled all or a vast majority of their orders in March, April, May, and June of last year, right, Mm -hmm. in the wake of the pandemic. We know that was unethical. We know people starved. We know people were thrust into even worse financial positions than they were already in. Lots of people along the supply chain lost their jobs. And that included not just the people working in the factories, but also the people working in the ports, on the ships, driving the trucks, packing the boxes, making the boxes that the stuff gets shipped in, making the poly bags, making the labels, you name it. Entire companies that performed these more logistical, less glamorous things literally went out of business. Plus – I we cannot underscore this enough. A lot of people have died throughout the world of COVID. Mm-hmm. We still don't know how many, right? And so what's happening is there are not enough people working right now to get stuff to us. And this is the impact of retailers prioritizing profits over people and it in a I'm having a little bit of Schadenfreude about this coming back to bite them in the butt because mm-hmm. If they hadn't been so selfish and made all those cancellations in the first place, probably a lot of those people would still be working, right? So true. But yeah. now they're not. Now they're not. There are not yeah. enough companies or manpower to make this stuff happen. So what's happening? Well, ships are backed up at the ports in Long Beach, in New York, all around the world. You look out into the ocean and there are just ships everywhere just chilling out full of huge shipping containers. And it's so much more expensive to ship now for these retailers too. I'm sure you're going to go into this. Oh, but it's like, it, 
I'm sure it will actually have an impact on prices of things too. It has to. It it totally is. I mean, some of the clients that I work with, I mean, they're they're dealing with all kinds of things. They can't get raw materials that they had on order for months. Like they tried mm-hmm. to get ahead of this too. Uh, things have gone up in price material-wise 25, 30, 40%. Wow. Um, the shipping, like you said, is so expensive. And so some of them are having to say like, okay, well – like this shipment of I don't know pillows, right? We're we're not going to take them right now because the the cost of shipping them to us is so high that it's more than the actual pillows themselves. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to keep the pillows in India, China, wherever they're coming from, and wait until this crisis passes. Which means these companies don't get to make money selling you pillows. And if you needed pillows, you are probably out of luck right now. And Pillows were the first example I thought of, but I was thinking of things that are too big to go on the plane. Right. Um, but too Bulky. inexpensive to war- – yeah, exactly. And so there's just a lot of this happening, and we're still kind of in the early stages of it. But like, for example, we've had a really hard time finding cat food. Hmm. Uh, just like the certain cat foods are becoming less available because they're, they're stuck somewhere. or Or the cat food company is out of cans. It, it trickles down in a lot of different ways. So, yes, stuff is chilling on ships. It's really expensive to get onto a ship right now. Uh, it's even more expensive to get onto a plane. And it's already expensive to ship via plane anyway. It's, like, not an option unless you're in fast fashion and you're making such a high margin in the first yeah. place. There is a trucking shortage. So even if you were like, I'm going to suck it up, I'm going to pay the, co- the increased shipping costs or I'm going to bring it on a plane. I'm just going to suck it up. We got to get some product out there. Um, there might not be a truck to come and drive it away and deliver it. There's a major truck driving shortage. And so another problem is that even as in ports, all these containers are being unpacked, there's no one there to drive the stuff away. And so that puts a stop to it too, right? Like mm-hmm. they can't just keep unpacking huge containers like and stacking them up, you know? And so that's slowing it down as well. And so basically everything everyone was expecting to sell this year is late with lots of orders that were supposed to arrive in September or October to get ramped up for holiday. They're now arriving in December or January or not at all. Wow. Yeah. And uh, just based on conversations I've had, things I've read, you know, diff- just all this information I've been taking in about it, it seems like this, there is no end to this crisis in sight. So when we get okay. into next year, it means like if you need a bathing suit, it might not arrive until the middle of summer, you know? There's a lot of weird stuff going on. I think, I mean, this is the pep talk I give to all my clients right now when we talk about this. I'm like, this is a great time for you to try something different, to try to, you know, offer things that you make here in the United States, to sell secondhand, like think about reuse materials. Like this could in a weird way be a good thing for smaller local businesses who care, who want to do better. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is going to be a weird holiday season. So this means the early bird, that's you because you're listening to Danny and I talk right now. (laughs) You're going to get the worm. The worm is the best gift. Uh, But it also means that the makers and the small brands, which we're telling you to shop from, are also facing issues getting the supplies they need. So order now so they can figure it out. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And they might not have huge stocks of things. So if you see something now that you like, like if you wait on it, it might not be available anymore because they might not be able to get more supplies for it. Yeah. Yeah. One of my clients ordered 300 candles and received three. Um, cause the, the company was like, sorry, I just don't have enough. So I'm just shipping everyone three, what? Uh, which is like, why well, I don't <laughs> no, know why just, that doesn't even make any sense. I, I was like, I feel like I should talk to this company and give them some advice. Um, but we'll deal with that later. Um, yeah. So seriously, small brands out there are already really struggling. We've, everyone's been struggling since the pandemic. Um, now there's this uncertainty around materials and everything else. Order now and give sellers a peace of mind. Seriously, they deserve it. Yeah. Um, so we're, we've been talking a lot about shopping small. Um, it's something I believe in so wholeheartedly as a person who has to think about this stuff all the time. I cannot underscore enough that small business is the future. It's too late, and this is depressing, but this is the real fact. It is too late for the biggest companies out there to magically transform into sustainable ethical brands because they've been following this really unethical, wasteful model for years and years. I think about some of the places I've worked, and I try to imagine how they turn it around, and I swear smoke starts coming out of my ears. I'm like, where would they begin? You know, yeah. they don't know either, right? That's why I they actually, clean wash. I had a brand reach out to me the other day about doing some freelance work. And it's a brand <laughs> you and I have both worked for. I've worked for them on and off for years, but I finally got to the point where like, you know, even though financially it would be really helpful for me, I just can't do it. And I told my sister this and she was like, but don't you think that you could have like an impact if you went in there and you could like have some say and have in like making some changes? And I like didn't even know how to begin to explain to her how <laughs> like funny that was. Like, I don't mean to be rude, but that's just like, I like... First of all, as a freelancer, you really don't have much say in things no. at all. I mean, like, obviously in the designs, of course, but like in the actual ethics of the business, like even as a designer working full time at those brands, I didn't even have any impact. Like it, like, I mean, Amanda, you've talked about this thousands of times before. The, the only two things that could change how those businesses run is one, law and regulations, and two is them losing money because people aren't buying from them anymore. It's true. It's true. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. That is the reality. I know this from working within them. I'm laughing to myself about you charging in there and they're just changing their ways, uh, especially the company you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, for example, you know, I was brought in like under the, I don't know, the um, delusion, we'll say it's a delusion that we were working on a more sustainable brand and some practices around that. And that was really exciting to me. Um, and pretty fast, I realized that we were not. And like, here's an example. I said, hey, I noticed that we are putting inside, like we were shipping in these mailers that you send back. They're made of recycled plastic. That's great. But inside, like in on the lid of these mailers was like a little plastic window and you would slide in the shipping label, right? Then mm. when the customer was sending back what they had, they would pull that out and stick their label in and it would come back and then, you know, 
come back to the warehouse where that would be taken out. A new customer's label will be stuck in there. Here's the deal. They were being printed on non-recyclable stickers on like a plasticky Mm. backing. And so the whole thing wasn't recyclable. And it didn't need to be a sticker in the first place. It could just be a card that would be recyclable because we made a paper and just slid in there because it wasn't sticking to anything. So it was just wasteful. And I said – why are we using a sticker? Could we move into paper? It would just be so much more sustainable, especially on the scale that we're trying to operate. And they were just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Just, that was no. it. And, and so, always yeah. that phrase like, well, this is just how we do things here. Yeah. This is how we've always done it. It's the it. kind of printer we have. And I'm like, yeah. well, why? Why do we have that kind of printer? You know? Just stop rocking the boat, Amanda. Let's exactly. <laughs> Guys, that's why I don't have a job. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> But that's the reality. Getting these companies to change their ways would mean completely dismantling their current way of business. And they're they're not they they don't want to do it and they don't know how to do it. Small businesses can constantly make changes to be more sustainable and ethical because they're small. Like Danny, if you were like, oh my God, all my mailers are plastic, this is really depressing me, you could easily shift into reusing mailers or compostable or paper Mm -hmm. or whatever, and it wouldn't have to be 37 meetings, there wouldn't have to be a task force to work on it, there wouldn't have to be all these budgets drawn up and this rollout plan and like project management software, it would just happen. And the metaphor I like to use a lot is turning a bike around is really easily the bike being small business, turning around a huge cruise ship is – it takes like a day mm. because it's so huge. It's just not easy to – it can't pivot. That's what big business is. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, And I just think like if you are sitting around waiting for Zara to become sustainable and ethical, you're going to be sitting there for a really long time. You're going to get weird like bed sores from sitting. Just yeah. just don't. It, it, it's not It's not going to happen. Um. Small businesses also have a major impact on their communities. According to the U.S. Small Business Administration, when you spend $100 at a small business, $48 of that stays in the community. If you spend $100 at a big box store, whether that's Target or I would even put Walgreens in there, only $14 of that stays in the community. Mm. Small businesses also create jobs in a way that big businesses do not. Since 1995 – more than half of jobs in the United States were created by small businesses. Wow. And to be clear, because there's always that person who sends me a message like, well, then Amanda, that means the other half was made by big business. Nope. So not true because the biggest employer in the United States is the government, <laughs> uh, whether that's federal, state, or local. So small businesses are really creating jobs here in a way that big businesses are not. And if you still don't believe me, because you're like, I don't know, like you work for Amazon? You're married to yeah. Amazon? I'm not really sure. Uh, from 1990 to 1999, while big businesses eliminated 4 million jobs in the United States, small businesses added 8 million. Wow. That's a That's big – incredible. Yeah. But, you know, big businesses outsourced. They tried to work with a leaner and leaner staff, got to the point where we're all doing like 17 jobs. Um, and burned out or and having out. robots or having robots. Yes, <laughs> totally. And the last thing I'll just say here, if you're sick, well, let me ask you, Danny, are you sick of the rich getting richer while everyone else struggles more? 
There's nothing I'm more sick of, Amanda. <laughs> right? Nothing in this world. Do you think that it billionaires are cool? <laughs> no, they're the worst. Right. Does wealth inequality really get your goat? Gets my goat. Gets it, it so does. hard, right? I don't really understand that expression, but it gets my goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might feel powerless. And this is the kind of stuff I see all over the internet all the time where someone's like, well, I'll never have the impact of Amazon, so I'm just going to curl up and die. No. There is something you can do about it. I mean, there are a lot of things you can do. And one of them is you can shop small and shop with smaller businesses because smaller businesses equal redistribution of wealth. Last year, Amazon's revenue was $21 billion. That means they sold $21 billion worth of stuff. Imagine if instead of one big evil business selling hundreds or selling billions of dollars worth of stuff, if it was 100,000 smaller businesses, each of those businesses would be bringing in $210,000 in revenue each year, which is a pretty decent little business. Uh That would mean more people doing the things the right way, living their dreams, supporting themselves and their families, and still you being able to buy all the stuff that you need. Small business is the best in that way. It breaks up wealth kind of magically. So why would you give your money to Amazon or any of these other big dudes when you know that you think billionaires are really uncool? Yeah, so uncool. So uncool. So – Now we're going to talk about gifts. That's what you're here for, right? Yeah. Let's start with starting early. Where should you look, Danny? Tell me. Tell me what you would do to start early with your shopping. Okay. So it depends on who you are, of course. There's a lot of different ways that you could approach this. We've kind of talked about a lot. I think secondhand, if you feel comfortable secondhand shopping, if you're good at that, Um, there's places IRL you can go. There are thrift stores, like, of course, start with the mom and pop thrift stores. If those are available to you over like the Goodwill type things. Yes. Um, if that's possible, there's flea markets there. And you and I were talking about like one of our favorite places for gifting is antique malls. Like there's so much in there for so many different people. And Um, I think the term antique mall sounds expensive and fancy. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about that (laughs) because I frequent them so often. But Yeah. yeah, I think you think antique mall and you think like really like super old like dusty lamps and totally. like weird like chests and stuff but no you could get like there's some really cool stuff and and lots of like that fun mid-century colorful stuff that I love and and often clothing too like sometimes I find like some of the best vintages in antique malls because it's like kind of untapped so you might find like a small rack in a corner and it just has these like amazing pieces on it totally so if if you know if you're not Maybe you're still staying away from like IRL shopping, like at brick and mortars, but there's obviously there's online platforms you can shop for secondhand as well. Amanda and my favorite eBay, there's Macari, there's Poshmark, there's Etsy. You know, we don't like Etsy as a platform, but we like the small businesses that sell on there. So still want to support them. Totally. 
but maybe check out their Instagram first and, and DM them and ask if they'd rather purchase it another way. <laughs> that's what I always do. Oh, that's a really, really good idea. And seriously, like I cannot emphasize starting early enough. For example, Dustin has been wanting an MP, a vintage NPR tote bag for years. Mm. And every year I would wait until like a couple weeks before his birthday or his anniversary and look, and I couldn't find anything ever. And I was like, one of these days, I'm going to get him one. I just know it. And earlier this year, like as in January, I was like, okay, our anniversary is coming up in October. It's five years. It's a big one to me. Uh, so I'm going to start looking for this bag now. And I was on eBay. I was setting the notifications, you know, saving my searches, looking constantly. And I found him a vintage NPR tote bag, dead stock, really, really nice. And it was wow. actually for WITF, which is the NPR station here in Central PA. Oh my God. And he was so jazzed when I gave it to him on our anniversary. That's so cute. I love that. So you got to, you got can't procrastinate if, you know, and that was something like really special. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this before. I hadn't really ever thought about this, but some people I guess are like, well, what do I even get secondhand? You said some people have like DM'd mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. Um, which I guess like I never really thought about that because I'm like such a secondhand savvy shopper. Like I find stuff all the time, but just some examples, like you can find really nice pottery. You can find like funny mugs. Like who doesn't want like a, you know, a new fun mug, um, any sort of like ceramic stuff. Then books. There's like a plethora of books. There's like cookbooks. There's how-to books. There's, you know, fiction, nonfiction. There's so many different kinds of mm-hmm, books you can get. Mm-hmm. My favorite are um, the better homes and gardens books with like <sighs> crafts and stuff. So yes. I've actually been collecting a lot of those types of books to eventually sell through picnic wear. I'm doing these like how to like these little like DIY kits, which I'm really mm, excited about. Cool. What else? Board games, linens, like you can find like beautiful blankets, quilts, Afghans, like bring it home, give it a nice bath. Like what a wonderful gift to receive. Um, who doesn't need, you know, another blanket during the cold months. So there's lots of different things. Totally. You know, bric-a-brac, uh, maybe some like glass grapes. Oh, <laughs> like, you get you know, I love that one. I don't know. I was just thinking I have, I have a couple sets and people are always like, like, I don't know, sending them to me, not like literally, but sending yeah. links to them. And I'm like, yeah, this is a great gift. Who wouldn't be so stoked That's to amazing. get this? Or like, um, I think that like vintage glassware is always so cool, especially if your friend is an aspiring mixologist um, or any other, like you can find other like vintage barware out there and there's a surprising amount of it. And it's always really cool. Like I don't even know why we make new glasses anymore because there are so many glasses out there. Same with mugs, right? I I totally forgot. Yeah, barware barware is such a good idea. I got that for my friend when she moved. I got a really cool vintage barware set that was totally unopened, but from the 70s. It was so cool. Whoa, cool. And like also, you know, vintage toys are a really great gift too. Um, a lot of the antique malls we go to out here have a lot of gifts, like toys from the 80s, 90s, oh, and the awesome. aughts. And so, you know, if you ha- if there's someone special in your life who, you know, really always wanted an easy bake oven or, you know, <laughs> this specific Barbie or – I mean, I don't even know. Like, it's all there. Dustin gets so excited when he sees, like, 
old like transformers and things like that. So I think that can be a nice little fun gift too. Agreed. There's so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think people often when they think of like secondhand shopping, they automatically think of uh, clothing, which is also a great secondhand gift too. Like it can be, you know, buying clothing for someone else can be hard, but like if you're, you know, buying something that's not like super structured fitting or something like a flannel or a a sweater and, and you go that extra mile of like giving it a nice hand wash, like that is such a lovely gift and, and the extra effort is appreciated by many people. Totally. Another thing you can do if you're like, I want to give a gift to someone who is like hosting dinner or is just someone I want to show my appreciation to. It can be for their birthday or anything. Can I just tell you that every thrift store I go to has 9 million vases Mm. and you could easily pick up a vase, a cool vintage one and do a little flower arrangement. Yeah. That sounds really nice. Right? Right. I found this vase at the thrift store out here and I was like, Dustin and I were laughing because it was like so avant-garde. It looked like something that would be at the Echo Park Craft Fair (laughs) in LA and selling for like $500. And I looked it up online and it was actually a really rare (laughs) uh, vase, like model, I guess, if you will, made by this like known like sort of cult pottery company. And it was worth like $400. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I paid $3. So anyway, there's so much cool stuff like that out there. Um, also I just have to add like food gifts are always great. Um, you know, whether you put together a little gift basket of food, by the way, if you need a basket, so many at the thrift store, like the the basket industrial complex just keeps turning (laughs) them out. Um, I don't know. Did did your mom collect baskets at all when you were a kid, Danny? I mean, I wouldn't say she like collected them, but she had like a number of them. Yeah. But I've right. been to estate sales of people who like were full on basket collectors and it's totally it blows my mind. Like I went to one not long ago and it was like a whole room full of baskets. And I guess it was like some like fancy brand. They were so expensive. It was really odd. Totally. I can't think of the name right now, but I know what brand you're talking about because sometimes people, when they post their yard sales here, will be like, we got these blah, blah, blah yeah. baskets. They're like longer you burgers or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had a boyfriend in college whose mom had been collecting baskets forever and they were just like hanging on every wall in like the kitchen, <laughs> the dining room, the living room. You name it. Anyway, there are so many baskets at thrift stores that you – like I love even putting together a little gift basket of cool thrifted things and books and maybe some jam or local yeah. food, things like that. Um, people love food. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've, I'm like one of the few people who started making sourdough at the beginning of the pandemic and has not stopped. What? And Congratulations. Yeah, one a week. Seriously. Like I, That's amazing. I'm well, you know, I had been wanting to do it before the pandemic hit. So, yeah. Anyways, just pat myself on the back for that one. But I've like when I've gone to visit a couple friends throughout the year, um, and I've brought them a loaf of bread. Like I still have a friend who brings it up that they they Aww. yeah like people really love when you make food for them, especially if it's something that like you're not eating immediately, but it's something for them to enjoy during the week, like pickled red onions or something like that you know like there's so many easy things you can do with that and like and get a cute little jar from the thrift store that you're gonna put it in so it's like you know extra special in that way um totally yeah great some friends of mine a few years ago they made 
make like coffee flavored liqueur for everyone. Wow. That was an awesome gift. Yeah. And I had another friend who went through a phase of doing all these infused vodkas and she would give everybody like a little sampler for Christmas. What an awesome gift. My sister made bitters one year. See, and these things are not hard and they are very appreciated and special. Yeah. So, you know, there are so many ways to have a great holiday without logging onto Amazon even one time. Yeah. You know, and get people really excited. I also think like we, I mean, I mean, I talk about this all the time here on the show. We are all influencers to the people around us. Yeah. And we can be the example that everybody kind of copies. You know yeah. what I mean? So making gifts, secondhand gifts, food, local, these are all things that we can kind of spread throughout the community by just living that way. Um, I know that everybody who's listening to this is going to be like, you forgot about this other thing you can make. So (laughs) if you have suggestions for things you should make, you could make that aren't too hard, but people love, send them my way. We'll share them on social media. I'm I mean, I I love hearing about them too. So (laughs) one thing, so what Jason and I did last year for Christmas that everyone enjoyed, actually my mother-in-law was using it last time she was here. So, and that was, you know, really cool to see was we made those, um, we used vintage fabric and made um, those like beeswax wraps. And I know a lot of people have a lot of beeswax wraps now. So we like went the extra mile and I sewed little bread bags so (gasps) to put your yeah out of the and then you know that's that's some work though that was tough and I like ruined my iron from it we did the (laughs) iron way I think in in hindsight we should have done there's like two different ways you can do it you can do it in your oven too Ah. um but that's when you actually kind of have to start early because you got to get the supplies like the beeswax and then the right kind of like like oil and like it's a whole thing but um but it was fun. It was a fun thing for Jason and I to do together as well, which was cool. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another thing is that like over time we've – like I said, I don't know. I feel like we've been talking for a really long time. It was about 100 hours ago when we started <laughs> talking. I mentioned how like gifting has become such as like an obligation yeah. and sort of stress. And we're forgetting how the fun of it all, the fun of creating new traditions, of – you know, working on something fun with someone else you love, you know, the satisfaction of making something, of giving something to someone that like really knocks their socks off or makes them feel loved. Isn't that what gifting is supposed to do? Remind people of how special they are to you? Yeah, absolutely. This is a way to do that. You know, whereas like that random thing that you saw at the checkout at Target probably isn't going to do that. Right. Definitely the humping dog is not. Yeah, I was just going to say, certainly not that gag gift. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whatever it may be, last year's humping dog, this year's who knows. <laughs> totally, totally. And so I like I want to bring the fun back to it because I love giving people gifts. I love searching and searching and finding that perfect thing or not searching and searching and coming upon that perfect thing mm-hmm. and being like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to give this to so-and-so. Absolutely. You know, like I'm so amped up about it. Um, and I just want us to have that again. I think, you know, not to be like, they're taking, they're taking, losing the meaning of Christmas or whatever, like nothing like that. Just to say like holidays and gifts, they're all supposed to be about like love and happy times and showing people how much we care and enjoying one another's company. And like, I think, you know, we all need that. We all need that more than ever right now. Yes. For 
sure. Absolutely. Okay. So let's just talk about small businesses a little bit more here. Um, you suggested something which I really loved because, you know, the thing I hear time and time again is I don't know where to find small businesses. Where are they? Who are they? I'm confused. It's hard. You said – Look to your families and friends who have small businesses yeah. first. Yeah. Start I think there. We, I think we forget it. I, even myself, I forget about that. When we were talking about that, um, I realized that there are people in my family, like my my cousin's fiance. She's a ceramicist. Can you imagine if I bought something for her, for my mom, for Christmas? Like that makes three people happy. And, you know, that that's a family member that I'm – supporting. So I think we often forget about the people directly in our lives who own small businesses because I guarantee you there are one one or two in your in your family. So I think that's really meaningful um and can benefit more than just the person you're you're purchasing for. So I think that's definitely something to think about. Absolutely. I kind of try to prioritize people I already know. Then the next tier is what's in my area. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, like small businesses I know on the internet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and that said, like sometimes the thing, the perfect thing for that special someone in my life is not going to be from someone I know and it's not going to be local and I'm going to go right to the internet to right. buy it. And that's, right. that's okay too. Like the most important thing here is being intentional and not just buying stuff because it checks a box. Yeah. Exactly. So if you have someone in your life who does not want food from you, does not want a gift certificate, does not want some artisan-made hand good or something secondhand, and what they want is a video game or an Instapot or whatever, just get them that, you Uh, know? They'll be getting it ultimately, eventually. Yeah. Right. Right. So this doesn't mean that like – I mean, listen, some people like they want really specific things. A lot of people want really specific things. Give them to them because that's the stuff that doesn't end up at the thrift store next year. And uh, that to add on to that point, one of those things that a lot of people want or like something that somebody wants that maybe they can't purchase themselves is maybe because it's like kind of too expensive for them to buy on their own. Um, And that brings up another point is the concept of pooling together for a gift. Like if you know that your grandma is using like a really old TV, maybe it's not within your means to buy a new TV for her yourself. But if you get your whole family together on pooling together for this gift, you know, it could end up being like, depending on the size of your family, like 20 bucks per person to get grandma a new TV. Like, how amazing is that, you know? So I think that pooling for gifts is definitely something um, that we should consider more because, honestly, at the end of the day, like, if we all get a bunch of tiny little tchotchkes, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. But to be able to just get one thing that you wouldn't be able to purchase yourself, that's really special. For sure. I love that idea. You know, a few years ago – so my grandma – only listens to music on records. Um, not because she's a hipster. But <laughs> <laughs> Original she, hipster. Unintentional hipster. Totally. She had the same stereo that was like a piece of furniture, you know, yes. like the big console yes. where you lift the lid forever, like since before I was born. And, you know, she would get it maintenance and all that stuff and kept it going for like decades. But one day it, it was just like, it's done. There are no replacement parts gone. for it. Yeah. It has been fixed too many times. She was really sad because like 
you know, my grandma doesn't have a smartphone. My grandma doesn't have Spotify. And so all she could do then was listen to the radio, which was like, you know, radio is not that good. So the whole family went together and bought her a new stereo that, uh, you know, it did, it did, it could play MP3s. She doesn't have internet at her house, but like it did other, it played records. Right. And it also was able to play tapes. And so she was able to listen to all kinds of music and she cried when it was delivered. That's so lovely. Just such a good gift. Right. And like, yeah, it would have been a major cost if, if one person had bought it, but with everybody contributing, it was affordable and it was so impactful. Oh, that's, I love that. And so I love the pool, the pooling gift. It doesn't have to be someone in your family. It can be someone in your friend group, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I just want to bring up I think is really important. Can we just talk about shipping for a minute? Please. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, I've been on here a couple times and we've talked about shipping. It's something I like to talk about. Right. Shipping is not free. Even if Amazon is giving you free shipping all the time or Ulta or – Hot Topic, wherever you're ordering from, you're paying for that shipping, right? Like you're paying for it in the costs that you're paying for the goods. I'm going to tell you right now, shipping is going up a lot this year. Unsurprising. It's not just the USPS. It's sort of like if one shipping carrier raises their rates, which is, you know, the postal service, uh, everyone else follows. It's like gas prices. That's how gas prices work too. If the Mm -hmm. gas station, the two gas stations are across the street from one another and one of them raises their prices, so does the other one immediately. And so shipping is more expensive this year. I please, please do not squeeze small brands, small sellers, small businesses for free shipping. Do not demand it. Do not send them harassing emails about that. Don't ask them for free shipping. You asking for that, demanding it, expecting that is literally taking money out of someone's pocket. I think what we have to understand is that like when we see free shipping – you just have to understand that it's padded into the cost another way. So when you see someone actually stating the cost of shipping, it's kind of like this psychological thing where you like see it and you're like, I don't want to spend that on shipping, but please just remember that the alternative way that that business could have approached it was by padding it in. And maybe you would have liked the sight of that better because you think you're not paying for shipping, but it's all the same. I think that's what people have a really hard time with is they see it added on and they're like, I don't want to have to pay that much for shipping. But like, if you had seen it padded into the price, you wouldn't have blinked and it would have been the same price in the end. Absolutely. So I've talked to a bunch of makers from our community who are like, I just raised all my prices six to $10 so I can offer free shipping because that's what Etsy's demanding. Um, When we talk about larger companies like Amazon, well, first off, Amazon does lose money on prime shipping. They have been working for years to close that gap. We're talking a massive gap of money that they're losing. And so how how have they narrowed that? Well, I mean, treating their workers like crap, mm-hmm. uh, cutting costs in every way they can, pushing on all of their suppliers for lower and lower pricing, uh, which then hurts workers also. And so basically, there is no such thing as free shipping. Someone's always paying. Uh, whether it's you or someone across the world or the person delivering your packages or the people making the boxes or anything, we have to get Mm -hmm. over it and we have to budget for shipping. If you don't want to pay for shipping, then get in your car and go to the store. Yeah. Period. Yeah. (laughs) That's my lecture. (laughs) 
Um, as a person who sends stuff to people in the mail, let me tell you, it costs money, okay? And yeah. like, I wouldn't expect, like, imagine if you were sending a gift to a friend and you said, hey, um, I'm going to send you a Venmo request for the shipping. <laughs> that would be insane, yeah, right? It would and be. rude. That's kind of what you're doing with uh, small brands, small makers, small businesses when you ask for free shipping. You're saying, hey, I'm going to buy this for you, but can you can you give me my money for the shipping? Like, no. Something to consider also is like if maybe you're sending a gift to someone who you're not going to be seeing IRL is to have the ship the gift shipped directly to them. So you're not having to like have it shipped to you just so you can wrap it. And then you'll be shipping to them. So you're paying for shipping twice. That does add up. Um, so a lot of small businesses, even if they don't have it offered directly on their website, just ask them directly like, hey, can I, I want to ship this directly to my friend. I just want to make sure that it looks nice and presentable when they receive it. Um, maybe, the, you know, most of the time, a lot of these places are shipping with tissue paper anyways. Maybe it just means they're going to add on like a little note for you. Just ask if they don't have it offered. It's possible that they, they can do something for you, especially if that will incentivize you to buy something from them. Totally. And just like, let's save all this extra shipping. Yeah, you know? exactly. Reduces totally. your carbon footprint on that gift to begin with. Totally. Please pay for shipping and don't be a jerk about it. It's very luxurious to have something delivered directly to your house. It is. It is a luxury. Okay. Well, Danny, why don't you tell us what you're up to with picnic wear, how it's going, you know, what what you're doing? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so speaking of gifts, we do have some things planned. Some are already launched. Um, great things with gifting in mind. Like for example, we relaunched our reusable face pads that are basically like disposable cotton pad substitutes. And they're made from remnant towels from our like hat and short and everything projects. And we actually sold out of like almost half of them. So I had to stop marketing them because I was like, wow, oh, damn. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think that they're just like a really good gift. I mean, who knows? Mm -hmm. Most people might be buying them for themselves, but I know somebody bought like multiple sets. So I know that they're buying as gifts. So I've already sent like a new bag back to New York to Skilled Labor's Brigade so they can start working through the next batch. They do take a lot of time because they're made. Instead of like, you know, in a factory setting, they would like spread out, spread out like bolts of fabric and cut them all at once. But these mm -hmm. ones are like literally hand cut individually because we're working from the remnants. Um, so they take more time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, we have what we're calling our birthday cake shirts uh, in flannels. Um, we call them that because they've got like decorative rickrack on them and bright Cute. colors. Yeah. So those are really fun. Um, and those are, you know, they're made from men's shirting. So we have them in a range of sizes. Um, we do this, a similar thing using pre-loved sweatshirts with appliques on them. Um, and we're launching really soon. We've kind of been teasing it, but I found a couple of these Zodiac sign towels. <sighs> so what we're going to do is offer like a made to order option. So you can pick your sweatshirt, your vintage sweatshirt, and then which Zodiac sign you want with two colorways, but there's only going to be two of each. 
Um, yeah. And then we'll applique it on. So that's a really fun gift. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, we're putting together these like vintage dead stock DIY gifts, um, that will have like a book, like a DIY book from the seventies and then some like dead stock thread needles, buttons that I've been collecting for a while. Um, so those are really fun to gift to someone who's maybe like a crafter or a wannabe crafter and hasn't started yet. Um, so those are the things that we've got going a few more things. Um, but yeah, overall, like I have to say, I've talked to a lot of small businesses over the past few weeks because things have been kind of tough. Like I think mm-hmm. that last year, I feel like a lot of us expected to be hit really hard by the pandemic, but there was a lot of talk about like helping small businesses. So I think a lot of people had that on them on their mind. And then of course, like, you know, a lot of people were at home. So maybe they were like, you know looking at their phones more, um, engaging in social media and like people were getting, you know, the stimulus checks. A lot of people had extra income from their jobs where they would be like traveling or, um, you know, going to restaurants and stuff. And so they, they, you know, weren't using their disposable income on that. So last year was a lot better for many companies. And then this year, that's when we've kind of been experiencing the effects of COVID, which have been like slowing things down a lot, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know it's not easy to, to support small businesses all the time financially. Um, but a little bit goes a long way when it comes to like interacting on social media and like resharing, commenting, um, that sort of thing. So that's a way to show your support for small businesses. Um, yeah, I we all are getting that like Instagram burnout though, so I understand <sighs> why a lot of people are not on mm-hmm. there. I'm trying to kind of better use my time on there where before I was doing like a lot of mindless scrolling, now I'm like you know, spending a little less time but but trying to engage a little bit more, um commenting, that sort of thing when when someone's doing something rad, um because I feel like it's it's easy to just scroll on there forever and and just kind of like get lost in it. But um, I'm trying to focus more on like real interactions with people, so I don't get kind of lost in that. I don't know how how you've been feeling about that. Me, I mean, me too, right? I you and I were talking before we started recording where I was like, I barely see any of my friends on Instagram anymore, and then I look at them and they like look at their grids and they've been posting every day. Yeah. Like it's just really hard to see what matters to you right now. I'm just getting served a bunch of stuff I don't care about. Um, And so when I do see something from someone that I'm excited about, I'm being sure to comment on it, like it. Something I think about all the time is like, how can I use Clothes Horse as a platform to support the small businesses in our community? And I think probably starting this week or like this week when this episode comes out through the rest of the year, I'm going to start sharing stuff in stories that I see that's cool, like just to get it out there more. And I would encourage all of you to do the same thing. Like you can support small business, the makers in our community, all of this without spending a dime because really what we need to do is get them in front of more eyes. Yeah. I was talking to (laughs) Shelly of Room Shop about this and she was like, when we do the, you know, like you might've noticed, uh, that a lot of small businesses are doing the, like this or that, like the polls. 
And Mm -hmm. the reality of it is like, it's the only way to get people to see your content. Like Instagram, it's going to change overnight. Probably by the time that this airs, they're doing it differently now. But like for a while, it was like, you know, my views on Instagram stories were super, super low. But as soon as I put like a poll in there, it would like, (laughs) yeah. And it's because it's, it's asking people to engage and, um, she was saying like, do people just think we're like so thirsty? And I was like, little do they know we're fucking like dehydrated because Instagram is, you know, like it's, there's no choice we have. So don't just, when you see business, small businesses, like asking you to engage, like hopefully that's not like a big turnoff um, because it really shouldn't be. We're just trying to, you know, do our jobs and (laughs) make ends meet. So it's, it's really, it's been tough with Instagram changing and like so many other factors. Totally, totally. And I think, you know, one of my resolutions for 2022 is like, how we can work as a community to support and lift one another up because th- we we have to. Yeah. There is no choice here. Um, I think that it feels embarrassing maybe to some people to ask for support from the community and th- th- I don't want them to feel that way. We need to protect what is ours because – The reality is, you know, and we've talked about this here before, you and I have even talked about this, the big brands that are out there that are shitty are seeing what we're doing and they want a piece of it and we need to fight even harder to keep them off our turf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Once again, if you hate billionaires, uh, (laughs) if you hate uh, wealth inequality and rich people getting richer, supporting small businesses is the way to fix that. I mean, there are many other pieces of that puzzle, but this is one way that can almost be low effort. Okay. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Even if it's, if, if it's, like I said, if it's not within your means to spend money with these small businesses, um, there's other ways to engage that can be really, really helpful. And going back to our conversation about like talking to your family about, about supporting small businesses, because maybe your family has the means to do it. So yeah. If your if your family does, get them on board. Send them links. Yeah. You know, gosh, maybe they want a Pinterest board. I'm not really sure. I mean, like <laughs> I said, the the question I get most is like, what can I buy secondhand? Followed by where can I find small businesses? And I'm like, they're everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I know? hate to direct people to Instagram when it's like been so <laughs> awful, but like honestly, like just get in a rabbit hole on Instagram and You'll you'll end up going from like one small business to another, and you'll find find what you need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, definitely like check out hashtags, check out the explore page. Um, just see what's out there and see what your friends are sharing. Yeah, it's more fun that way, anyway. Exactly. All right, well, Danny, I feel like we went on an odyssey here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I feel like we, we, we spoke about a lot of things. I I'm just like, you know, really thankful for this community and thankful for you giving me this platform to speak. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's been, um, really fun. And, you know, like I said, it was like what June or July of 2020 that we had our first long convo. So yeah, yeah, it's nice to reconnect. 
I know. We have to have you back more often. It's really fun. I actually love when guests come back. I can't explain it, but I'm like, we get to hang out again, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Danny, for taking the time to talk to us. And thank you to all of you for listening to another episode of Close Horse. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, tell a friend, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your cat. Your cat probably already knows, but just in case – tell them and don't forget to share all your favorite small businesses with all of them. If you'd like to support my work here on Close Horse, please check out patreon.com slash close horse podcast. And I just want to add thank you as always to my other half, Dustin Travis White for our music and audio support. Bye everyone. Bye.